So, Rachel. Yeah. A group of aliens who exist in a state of incredible acceleration invade the Enterprise and abduct Captain Kirk. Ooh. What do you think you're going to get? Oh, this sounds like a new kind of concept. I don't know where to go with this. Mm-hmm. I've got to think budget. I presume it's evolutionary acceleration, but what stage are they at now? I'd like a load of ethically treated chimp actors to invade while the Enterprise is on a planet. They seem harmless and cute, except they can rip your balls off at a moment's notice. <laughs> but watch out because they were fish yesterday and tomorrow they'll be humans who can fly the ship and do medicine. Oh, wow. More likely they'll be primitive to start and then they'll evolve to outmaneuver Kirk. Or they'll be warp already, but they'll evolve into light beings. But why do they want Kirk? Mm, these are all very good questions and some very interesting ideas. Mm. Rachel watches Star Trek. Ship's log, star date 5710.5. Lieutenant Commander Scott reporting. While exploring an outer quadrant of the galaxy, the Enterprise received distress calls from an apparently uninhabited, incredibly beautiful city on the planet of Scalus. Captain Kirk and a landing party have beamed down to investigate. Welcome to Rachel Watches Star Trek. I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. And we are going through the original series of Star Trek and exploring what it means (laughs) to be observers of things 50 years later from a lady who's never... (laughs) watched star trek before yeah and that lady's you and it's me and we're getting pretty close to the end of the third season i guess there's something i've thought about is that you now have knowledge of star trek that i didn't have before we started the show right gosh pertaining to the original series yeah kind of blowing my mind (laughs) that's a lot isn't it whoa so in a way you're almost an expert i'm not really qualified to do my own role in this show anymore yeah oh that's dark but Things will change. Well, I'll soon be an ingenue again. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a whole Is that the right word? <laughs> new. Sure. Yeah. Why not? A whole new ball of wax. If yeah. we get through this series, which I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. But the animated series holds a whole bunch of crazy adventures for us. And then, of course, on to the films and the next generation. Yeah. So with that, I believe we should move on to this particular episode called Wink of an Eye, which doesn't quite feel right. Isn't it Blink of an Eye? It's sexier, isn't it? Oh, hello. Wink of an What's eye. going on there? Yeah. Maybe I should stop the recording. <laughs> no need. Just keep going. <laughs> it begins. <laughs> they don't mind. <laughs> uh, the episode begins with Captain Kirk on the planet and Scott is giving the ship's log. This third season really keeps you on your toes, doesn't oh, it? yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Don't know whether his hair's going to be up or down, long you, or short. You don't? It's back to long and up now. Of course, they shoot these out of sequence. Now, the planet is called Scalos. And it looks like a huge city, but it's completely deserted. Beam down, we have best friends gang and two redshirts. The direction's off. Visuals of Scotty talking about one thing on the bridge, whilst playing him talking about a different thing on the audio log, is not a good start. Very confusing. Yeah. Apparently the footage was taken from the next episode we're going to watch, The Empath. Come on! Oh, wow. How much effort does it take just to do a few shots of Scotty on the bridge? Come on, guys. I know, jeez, just throw them on there. And another shot, a red shirt stands awkwardly in a two shot with Kirk for ages. Yeah. Really weird framing. And then Kirk and Spock standing side on talking for ages with no cutaways or anything. Unsettling. Yeah, really long shots. There's some scenes where they're 
people have their backs to their camera and they're talking as well. Mm. It's just really shoddy. It must have been a rush job. <laughs> now on the screen that our crew are watching, five humanoids, four men, one woman, the guy's outfits. Uh, Whoa. It's the most, I want to say feminine thing I've seen a man wear yeah. on the show for yeah. sure. But it's beyond beyond that. that. It's semi-transparent, silver fabric almost off the shoulder with these matching chokers yeah and the chokers have what look like flowers on them but those are communicators it turns out yes maybe it would look more appropriate if the guys had on like big colorful wigs yeah then it would fit just really go for but, it yeah just Not really normal go for it hair. but yeah no makeup going on but then the outfits are super flamboyant i guess is maybe yeah. the best way but they're just acting it. in a bog standard yeah way. kind of boring scientist way so it's mm. the juxtaposition of their performance and then what they're wearing is very odd mm, i guess it's kind of a scrubs cut to it but it's the fabric isn't it with the choker that's just a lot going on well you can see their chest yeah and their, the, hairy it's, chest I mean, and their nips their shoulders you can't see their nips can they not i don't think so mm, but you can see enough. their hairy back yeah oh, as well yeah of course back in the 60s why would men shave their backs yeah let us know anyone if you found it attractive all right yeah 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 it might be your bag these people that we're seeing on the screen are sending a distress signal. They yeah. need help. Mm -hmm. And so our crew is here to figure out what's going on, but obviously they can't find them. McCoy and Spock detect no life, but Kirk hears this insect buzzing sound, which mm. doesn't make any sense. In the background, we see Compton, a red shirt, drinking some of the water. Spock says that the civilization of Scalus was high, ranking seven on the industrial scale. Oh, there goes my chimp's idea. <laughs> Now, I got excited there for a second because there are a few sci-fi role-playing games out there, like Traveler and a few others that have an industrial rating scale. Mm -hmm. So, like, it kind of starts off with Stone Age Civilization and moves up to, like, diesel to nuclear. So yeah. I was like, whoa, Star Trek has this? I yeah. didn't realize it has it. It doesn't. Uh, not <laughs> anymore is, after this. No, it's this is the only time they mentioned it. And then they also, in Spock's brain, gave classifications that have letters in oh, them. Oh, did they? for mm -hmm. civilizations because remember there's the two planets in that same system oh and they had different lettered significations for technology level so ah uh, yeah i got excited and then bummed out so spock wants to take copies of their literature to be translated and processed and just then compton disappears while taking a water sample that compton stupidly drinking local water just before he disappears was that a red herring or unintentional that was intentional oh yeah oh Oh, the coffee later. Yeah. I get it now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. So Kirk and the landing party beam back up to the Enterprise and the ship starts having a lot of technical problems. Sulu is very worried. Sulu keeps rubbing his mouth and I thought, uh-oh, Sulu's going to disappear too. But no, it's either a red herring or just sloppiness. I think they were just trying to show Sulu's concern, but I don't know why... It was so prominent and obvious. Because everything is intentional that's shown on camera. It seems, or should be. Yeah, yeah. It was odd. Hmm. Nurse Chapel reports that someone has been into the medical cabinets because stuff has been moved, but nothing mm. is missing. Now, while Kirk is being checked out to see if what happened to Compton might be happening to him, they've checked the whole landing party, he hears this buzzing again. So I thought the aliens are insects who've somehow been looking into cabinets <laughs> and they're going to evolve into people while they're on board. <laughs> Maybe. They soon discover that some kind of alien device has been hooked up to the Enterprise's environmental controls, but there is a force field protecting it so they can't destroy it or uh -oh. take it apart. Now, there is a strange scene where they talk with the computer 
and it doesn't really move anything forward. Hmm. They ask the computer for advice. The computer says, don't know. <laughs> yeah. And tried to negotiate. And then Kirk goes, I'm not going to do that. And then that's it. So then some coffee goes around and we see Kirk's coffee as it sits on his chair ripple. Mm, he drinks it. Everyone on the bridge slows down and then freezes, except for Kirk. They freeze, as does the pace of the episode. Boy, does it. Show more of Spock moving slowly and do it again. Yeah. Wow, we get it. Kept cutting to people moving really slow. Then this lady appears and she's moving around normally and then she kisses Kirk. Mm -hmm. She introduces herself as Queen of the Scalosians, Dealer, played by Kathy Brown. But can you really be a queen if there's only five of you? Sure. Oh, yeah. Why not? <laughs> if everybody agrees it. on it. Okay. You know. If you're the only woman. Sure. Sure, if they're willing to go along Well, if we're you and a group of our friends, mm-hmm. we're all hanging out, and yeah. we all decided that one of us is going to be king slash queen. Right. Then you are. That's it. She explains that she gave Kirk some liquid in his coffee that made him speed up to the point that everyone seems to have frozen. He Ooh. moves so fast that nobody can see him. Oh, I totally missed this in my guesses. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea of this. Really cool idea. It is. I think it's a very cool idea. This and another skinny half-naked actress got me thinking about the drug speed. So from smithsonian.com, amphetamines were widely prescribed for energy and dieting. The Romanian chemist Lazar Adelanu was the first to synthesize amphetamines, but he abandoned it in favor of discovering the modern method of refining crude oil. Some people are just overachievers, wow. aren't they? Goodness sake. I was wondering if the writers might have come across speed while serving in World War II, where it was used as an alertness aid to oh. boost mood and keep people fighting, mm-hmm. and even thought of as a weapon against combat fatigue, now PTSD. Up to 16 million Americans are estimated to have been exposed, Whoa. says Nicholas Rasmussen, a history professor at the University of New South Wales, Sydney, and author of On Speed, From Benzedrine to Adderall. So then normalised after World War II, they developed amphetamines as a diet and depression pill easily available at walking clinics in the 50s and 60s. Hmm. By 1970, 5% of Americans used it, according to this article in the Smithsonian, until the passage of the Controlled Substances Act classified it as a Schedule 3 drug. Whether the writers had any of this in mind, I don't know, but the new accelerator by H.G. Wells, which this Mm -hmm. story was based on, is supposed to present a fascinating representation of the invention of what sounds like an amphetamine, Hmm. according to Goodreads. A quote from it, he has really this time at any rate, without any touch of exaggeration in the phrase found something to revolutionize human life and that when he was simply seeking an all-around nervous stimulant to bring languid people up to the stresses of these pushful days oh interesting Hmm. so kirk tries to stun her with the phaser but the beam moves so slowly she just casually steps out of the way yeah Dila seems to like that kirk is angry but she says it always happens this way they are very upset at first but then it wears off and they learn to like it Hmm, creepy. She's done this before, perhaps many times. She's pretty into him, though, and she's really laying on the charm. Now we see normal time and everyone notices Kirk is missing. Kirk runs to the environmental control room and finds Compton there. The red shirt from before. Exactly. It seems that when he drank the water, he got sped up, but he won't obey Kirk's orders. He's firmly under control of the Scalosians and their takeover of the Enterprise. It was, in fact, it was him who helped them figure out how the ship worked. In so, his time, he's been with them for ages, I guess. Yeah. Kirk goes, all right, well, that's cool. Kirk Futon. Yeah. And he totally knocks out poor Compton. Unfortunately, some Scalosians, they come in, take Kirk down with their weapons, which are like little hand zapper things that they have, mm-hmm. sort of like phasers. Dila is all like, you got to treat him gently. His species is not strong enough to last. 
Kirk wakes up, but Compton is out and he's aging rapidly and then he dies. Hmm. It seems that just a scratch will mess up everything and cause your body to go all out of sync with time or something. They don't really go into hmm. much detail. So Dealer lets Kirk have the run of the place and he makes a tip that tells people what's going on that the Scalosians are trying to freeze the ship and then he slips it into the computer by McCoy, who's kind of frozen there because he's at normal speed. Dealer doesn't seem to care because they'll be done with everything before they can even find the tip. Dealer drops some very long exposition here. <laughs> it seems radiation poisoning somehow made everyone move out of sync with time and go super fast. Mm. This made them sterile? So no kids? Only the men though, I think. I th- think they're trying to get new men to impregnate them. It's again very confusing. And the kids have died. I'm confused about this because it seems like they did this before. Remember yeah. her implication is they die quickly and has she had kids with aliens before and they've died right. or is that not happened? Maybe they died before she actually got to have sex with them. Yeah. I don't mm, know. Good point. The whole plan I guess to save their people from extinction is to abduct other aliens like humans and hyper accelerate them to have sex with them before they die and death comes pretty fast to the non-Scalosians. Because they're very fragile to the effects of cell damage if they're scratched, which kind of reminds me of the last episode where they were very long lasting unless they got a little tiny scratch and then they could die. Well, well, these guys seem, if they get a scratch, they're okay. But if a human does, that's Mm. that's a little different. But Rail, the head scientist, who is obviously into Dila, comes in and is getting all jealous and stuff. Kirk Mm. runs out and sabotages the transporter when Dila and Rail are talking. So Dila finds Kirk in the transporter room, just acting all coy. Mm. And she tries to transport him to the surface because they're all going to go down to the surface and then enact their plan, which is freezing everybody on the ship. But of course, the transporter doesn't work. She knows Kirk did something, and she likes his cheekiness. <laughs> Rael is pissed, but she orders Rael to fix the whole thing while they go to Kirk's quarters. Ooh. So back in the lab, Spock realizes what the buzzing sound is, and he goes back and he looks at the original distress message. Shouldn't they have been moving and talking super fast in the message? Do you think they were able to send a decelerated version? They must have. So he messes with the speed and he gets the exact buzzing sound. So McCoy finds his tape that Kirk stuck in the computer, plays it, and it's got buzzing sound on it. So he's (laughs) like, that's weird. That's lucky. Takes it up to Spock and Spock slows it down and then they can hear and see Kirk explain everything. (laughs) Wow. That's the fastest conclusion they've ever come to between them, but good teamwork. (laughs) So Kirk needs to buy them more time. So he starts getting into Dela's advances. Mm. But Rael comes in and attacks Kirk when he finds them kissing. Dela stuns Rael and kicks him out. She's got to get her groove on to get pregnant. Yeah, but hang on a minute. We can't have meanwhile back at normal speed because really you just come back and they'd have moved two inches. Yeah. But instead we cut to a scene where <laughs> several things have happened and more is about to happen. Yeah. I was thinking Back about this the whole time. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of have to suck it up and uh, and accept <laughs> it. You know, like don't think about it too much because if you think about it, there's a lot of things that don't make sense about this episode. Yeah. And it couldn't proceed as a story if it was yeah. the way that it would rationally be. Exactly. Yeah. So the brain gang, a.k.a. McCoy, Chapel, and Spock figure out. <laughs> is that a, what you're calling them? That's what I'm calling them. I like that. They figure out a way to make a drink that will make the hyper-accelerated slow down. They already know how to hyper-accelerate somebody. Drink the water from Scalosia. Oh, can they just go back down there? Well, they took samples. Oh, I see. All you have to do is drink that water. Oh. And then you'll get hyper-sped up. Oh, didn't get that. But they have figured out the antidote. Mm -hmm. But to get it to Kirk, they've got it. Somebody's got to speed up. And of course, Spock volunteers. Oh, he's going in to save him. BFF. Spock drinks the water and he speeds up and he's off to find Kirk. 
Meanwhile, Kirk is putting on his boots. <gasps> and she's combing her hair. Whoa. They did it. Oh, Vic. He totally had sex with her. Yeah. Obviously, it bought him some time, but mm-hmm. it's conceivable that she got pregnant. Maybe. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Now that the transporters are fixed, that's what they find out, they're going to beam everybody down. And Kirk pretends to be totally subservient, like this mind thing that affected Compton is now affected him. Mm. But Diela, she doesn't like him placid. She likes him being all sassy. <laughs> but it's a trick. Kirk gets her weapon and escapes. He finds Spock and they knock out Rael and then they destroy the device. Hmm. Kirk, now with the upper hand, asks Diela how he could help her. He says, shall we do suspended animation? Perhaps, he's saying, until they can find a cure. But she says that won't fix the problem of them dying out. Kirk says if he beams them back down to the planet, they'll just trick another ship into coming. But Dealer says, you'll warn them. No one will come and we'll die out. And she gives up. So, wow, the Enterprise doesn't help them. Yeah. It's like the orb beings in Return to Tomorrow. And I'm curious why they didn't give them the agent that Spock has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it won't work on them because they are different. Yeah. But they don't say that. They don't. Yeah. Th- that never is addressed. So Dila asks Kirk to come with her, but Kirk is like, hey, baby, the sex is good, but <laughs> I like being alive. <laughs> and then they beam them down to the planet. So Kirk takes the counter agent and then he comes back. But Spock waits a bit and then he repairs the whole ship in super speed. <laughs> and then he takes the agent and appears. That's cool. <laughs> that was- <laughs> That was good. And that's a little nod, perhaps, to housewives taking speed and doing all the housework really quickly. Wow. I don't know. Is that something that happened? Uh, Well, yeah. Just as they're about to leave the system, the image of Dila and her posse show up on the screen, and Kirk asks Uhura, why is that on the screen? (gasps) I'm sorry, sir. I touched the tape button accidentally. I'll take it off. That's no malfunction? No, sir. What's that? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I don't get that one. I think they just wanted him to see her and that he does have some feelings for her. Yeah. In the whole, what, like hour that he... Mm, well. And he had sex with her. And maybe she... In his time. I'm going to go into it later, but... Oh, okay. Sure, it's sure. It's a lot more than an hour, isn't it? Concepts. Gene Coon on Story. Under a pseudonym, because uh. he's not wanting to be associated anymore, is he? <laughs> <laughs> the writer, John Newble, who made the uncredited story contribution to Bread and Circuses, Uh-oh. said he based it on the H.G. Wells short story called What You Said, The New Accelerator. Mm-hmm. And also an episode of the 1966 Lone Ranger animated series also used the same plot. Gosh, how? I don't know. It's something I'm going to have to dig into. Whoa. So it was a really cool concept of acceleration as a form of power. Yeah. And I wondered about it as a superpower because there's the flash. I don't know anything about it. But oh, my God. Presumably you can achieve anything. Yeah. If you have super speed. It depends on who's writing the comic book. Oh. Individuals' abilities and powers seem to fluctuate or they mm. forget that they have them. Oh, like I, classic Star Trek. I'm a fan of The Flash. I've watched the television series as well. And it drives me up the walls because oh. he constantly forgets that he's got superhuman speed. What doesn't use it in situations yeah. very easily could. Where like there's somebody with a gun pointed at somebody and they're like, don't move or I'm going to shoot him. Or he's shooting people and he's grabbing the people and moving them out of the way. I'm like, before the guy even lifts the gun up, mm. he could go over and take it out of the guy's hand. Right. But he doesn't. It's really inconsistent. And I think it almost has to be because it's such a 
powerful power to have. Yeah, nobody would have any control versus him. What would you do if you had super speed? Oh, boy. Is that one that you'd want? Well, I mean, if I was given a superpower, sure, I'd take it. This is something I talked about on the other show, the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. But by the way, there's, there's hardly anyone who listens to this who <laughs> hasn't already been a patron of your other show sure. for years. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But, if, you, if you're one of the rare patrons who is a patron of our show and not of HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, please let us know because you're like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to know you. <laughs> but power corrupts and I would become evil because oh. having superpowers would make one evil. However, if I was trying to be just and a good guy with my superpower of speed, mm-hmm. I would go to the authorities and say, hey, look, how can I help? Oh. And then they would hopefully use my abilities for good. I don't know what I would be able to do on a, a local scale, but mm-hmm. maybe on a national or international scale to be like oh we've got a problem with this plane is going to crash can you do something and it'd be like, oh heck yeah i could build a giant cushion in oh, 30 seconds because i can move so much faster than everybody else or something i don't know yeah you'd be a team player work with the system what could i do besides what if you used it for fun or just your own pleasure what would be fun about it besides like tricking people or stealing going off and seeing stuff you fancied seeing i guess but you wouldn't really be able to see it would you Oh, yeah, I could. I could, like, zoom really fast to, like, Paris and hang out there for a while. Go and and get me a nice croissant for breakfast. Run over water because you're moving so fast that the water tension doesn't get broken. So you can go anywhere in the world. You could be very impressive and romantic. I I could, yeah. Yeah, but but what if I didn't have it? It would be boring because when I go super fast, everybody would freeze. Yeah. And then I'd be bored, like, hanging out. And what if you couldn't choose? You could only be in accelerated mode oh then that would just Ugh. be living hell yeah <laughs> living hell. it would be yeah. what could you do it'd be loads of work like your example of making a cushion you'd have to do all that yeah while everyone else does jack all yeah that's the thing when the, the flash he's always like i'll clean it up and he cleans up this room in like you know the snap of a finger yeah I'm to like, them but not to yeah, him he still actually had to clean it <laughs> all knackered, up wouldn't you? it's a lot of work you could easily stop crime i guess Fix elections, maybe influence policy. Whoa. There's so much work, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's. I mean, you could go around to every single person and plant something to influence them there, but oh, God, how awful. That's criminal. I don't want to do criminal things. No, but you could go around putting posters everywhere, or oh, you I could, see, you yes. know, do. Without being corrupt, you sure, could do sure, things sure. that would influence. Yeah. Yeah, but wow. What would you'd you... have to do that. What would you do? I don't think I fancy it. If you can't turn it on and off and everyone else is in slow mo. That sounds no, so you, isolating, you No, know, you have to. That's you no fun. You have to be able to turn it yeah. on and off. Yeah. What well, would you do? I think oh, it's very important to put boundaries in, isn't it? Sure. So I'd have to say, look, I've got this. I can help, but I'm only going to do it eight hours a day. My hours. All right, sure. So yeah. that's five seconds to them all the time. <laughs> 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 you can't burn yourself out, can yeah. you? Yeah. I wonder if you would age too. Mm. Like when you speed up time, would you still age? So if oh, you yeah. if you spent eight of your hours... Yeah. And it was only like, you know, 20 minutes or something, regular time. Would. would you age eight hours? Of course you would. Oh, boy. So yeah. doing that kind of stuff, you would get old really fast. Yeah. But that's a small price to pay if you feel like, that you're really doing good. Oh, yeah. Or being romantic and getting you a nice little croissant in the morning. It's worth <laughs> yeah, it, isn't it? That's another thing. If you think about it, that means I would actually have to run to Paris. Yeah, how tiring is that? Oh, my God. Oh, are you kidding me? How many croissants would you have to eat just to fuel that journey? Oh, my God. That's out of control. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Let's not bother. Let's not do that. 
So Kirk can't communicate with the crew being at a vastly different acceleration. Mm -hmm. He could have written a note, as you said. Yeah, I did. (laughs) But thankfully, they immediately worked out through excellent communication and spocking that Mm -hmm. his insect sound tape needed to be slowed down. Yeah. It was a bit convoluted, I thought, that all the kids had died. The men had become sterile, but the women hadn't as a setup for needing men as breeders. Yeah. Couldn't they just have come on board and jerked all the guys off? (laughs) Does that work at super fast speed or does it need to be a certain Uh, pace? Or... Or maybe use some kind of syringe. Yeah. Oh, just slip that down the urethra. Oh, God. No, into the <laughs> testicle or, right. you know, where the sperm is held. Yeah. Which would you rather? Be jerked off at super speed and not really even know that it had happened, but just feel a little of a buzz or be injected at super speed? I don't think that would work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work at all. Why? To jerk someone off. This is we're earning our adult. Of course we always go here. Our well, adult I rating. You go here. here. I always go here. If that was happening, the human, they wouldn't even feel it. Mm. You would have to do it for like your time, hours. Hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you would. Because they, their body wouldn't even be able to react to the stimulation from it. And then once True. they realized that that was going on, they would be like, oh, what the hell is happening? You know, so it's. Yeah. yeah. Why is my penis really quickly coming out of my pants? Yeah. And being jerked off by an insect. But for the person, <laughs> it would be going on super, super slow. Oh, yeah. That's a and nobody wants to do that. They would go in with a needle and take it out, which would, would make much more sense. Okay. So that that's advice for them. <laughs> take that. Um, how long did Kirk have sex for? Because how many times faster were they to be totally imperceptible to the eye and sound like a bug? Would it be 20 times faster, 100 times? The time needed to work out Kirk's gone and to slow down the tape, do the synthesizing in the med lab, etc. Times, say, 100 uh-huh. is how long they had sex. And oh, that's right. what, you know, oh, minimum 100 hours. I see hours. what you're saying. Yeah, right. I mean, that's... Yeah, you can't look at it It that could way. be days, even weeks. They really didn't think about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks and weeks would have gone by on that ship. Definitely. So, I love it. Again, if once you start thinking about this Don't episode, pick at it. well, let me it, just pick at it a bit more. Okay. Christopher L. Bennett on Tor.com said the physical problems are huge. If you're accelerated hundreds of times, the gravity would feel far weaker. It would take hundreds of times longer for anything to fall, including your own feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and from the perspective of the floor, your feet would be hitting it hundreds of times faster, thus 10,000s of times harder. So, one step would send you flying into the ceiling. Except that the air molecules would move out of your way hundreds of times slower. So just moving through the air would be like pushing through treacle. Whoa. Not to mention the difficulty of trying to draw air into your lungs. Yeah. Or the subjectively <laughs> slower speed of sound. Oh, yeah. How could they hear each other at all? <laughs> the speed of sound through air is about 340 mm-hmm. meters per second. So if Kirk and Dealer are accelerated a thousand times, standing 3.4 meters apart, it would take 10 seconds for Dealer's words to reach Kirk's ears. Not to mention their vision would be affected if their perception of time is accelerated a thousand times. Light frequencies would appear to be a thousand times slower and wavelengths would appear a thousand times longer. Visible light would be red shifted into the infrared and they'd have to see an ultraviolet. And that's not even considering relativity. Well, what do you think of all that? It's true. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, all of it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Sure, you can come up with some weird hand-waving reason why mm-hmm. this all works. Yeah, get I the don't, hand-waving I device don't, out. Yeah. Once you start thinking about it, it yeah. really, really falls apart. So for tech, we had the communicator choker kind of broach things, which mm-hmm. made the guys look especially silly. Better phases, faster phases. So I give it a high score for an original concept, but the realization of it brings it down to a six for me. 
Yeah. Conceptually, I think it's a super cool idea, yeah. but the execution is bad, but I'll give it a little bit higher. I'll say seven. Okay. Entertainment. Shoddy, weird direction from Judd Taylor to start with and a slow pace at times. Mm. A cheap episode, I guess, with that cut budget that they had, yeah. a bottle episode. Yeah, pretty much. I get that they had to have the crew taking action and solving the puzzle, even though it was conceptually unrealistic, they'd be able to achieve anything at that speed. Mm -hmm. It was needed for the story. Right. I did fall asleep for a few seconds, but I was really tired. <laughs> I, I gotta be straight with you. I I kind of was dozing myself. Yeah. There's that part where Deal is given that exposition and it just goes on and on and on and We I, were at decelerated speed. Yeah. <laughs> we sure were. And man, I don't usually do that. I don't know what was going I know. on. Maybe we're under the weather. Maybe we have yeah, a cold or something. Hey, fever, who knows? Yeah, this episode took us out. Well, this is this is what's bad about it, is I I dozed out. Don't think we missed anything, did And we? I didn't miss a thing. Oh, yeah. Because she was still talking when I went out and then same camera shot even. Okay, yeah. It was pretty rough. Tor.com said, unfortunately, while the story would have made a good Star Trek episode, Arthur Heinemann's script isn't it. For one thing, everything is so perfunctory. There's no sense of urgency or danger at any point, making it hard to appreciate the stakes. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. So in researching this, it's the first time I'm hearing about women's costumer, Andrea Andy Weaver who left after this episode, after 39 episodes, doing all the women's costumes. Oh, I didn't or know. Or at least contributing heavily to them, I guess. Oh, well, okay. I didn't realize that. She and Theus costumed Harold and Maud, Raging Bull, Home Alone 2, <laughs> and she was costume supervisor for Mommy Dearest and Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, among others. Wow. For entertainment, I'm going to give it five. Whoa. Oh, I give it a four. Because mm, you fell asleep. I guess I didn't really probably fall asleep. Only I just felt bit. like I was going to fall asleep. And a I light does. It is a rough one. I, maybe four, four is even too high. Oh, no, think we've seen it. much worse. Yeah, we have four. Yeah. Sexiness. Well, there was kissing mm -hmm. and boots being put back on. And Dealer wore that half dress well. Mm -hmm. No spurk, though. And why does there always have to be a jealous suitor to the woman? Yeah, that's weird. That was, in truth, there's no beauty as well. We yes, had yeah, it's a bit of a drag. Uhura looks great, but she's only in the beginning. Right. I'll give it a three out of five. Man, I thought it was pretty sexy. Oh. I thought Dila was odd looking. She's quite thin. She's very thin. And the face looks quite, yeah. I don't know. But her aggressiveness and her mm. like. Into him being cheeky yeah. and powerful. And then the fact that they full on do it yeah, too. I'm giving. Man, I think I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now you've said yeah. that. She really just wanted to do Kirk. Like that was her whole mission. So that's pretty sexy. Mm. Can it get any more sexy? <laughs> maybe it's, maybe this is a five. Oh, whoa. Hold on. Talking yourself into it well, now. I'm, well, I'm trying to figure out what would make it more sexy. Yeah. Everyone's consenting. Maybe it's a five. Whoa. Yeah. Go for it. I can't think of, I don't know what could have made it sexier. More people that were having sex. Go 4.5. 4.5. So my guess is we're awful. Yeah. No chimps or evolution or any of it. No. Rubbish. You, no, you were you were kind of on the wrong track. I was. In the beginning, but that that's all right. a tricky little cheesy you gave me. Yeah? Yeah. I did remember this episode from when I was a kid, and I thought it was a super cool idea that mm. they were moving so fast that nobody could see them. Yeah. And it made me think, of course, of the Flash. Next week is another episode that I don't remember at all. Oh. Called The Empath. Ooh. Let's see if it's anything to do with therapists. <laughs> Thank you, patrons, for your wonderful support. Keeping us going over here in Keithley, West Yorkshire. Yeah, if it wasn't for you, we would not be doing the show. So your part in the team is crucial. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like to join the Patreon team, then head over to patreon.com and drop us a few dollars. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. <laughs>
Trey. 